We are rolling now. Is it happening? Counting us down. Oh. Three. Let's belch green. Two. And be mice. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I think I'm Lex Michael. Some days I'm really not sure. I think you are. I believe in you. Am I Lex Michael or am I a uh, uh, Jim Henson workshop mouse? I'd like to imagine you're both. I like you know? to imagine that we're both mice. We are. I do. I like to think that to our viewers, we're both little, we're um, what Luke and Bruno. Yeah. We're, we're the Luke and Bruno of the podcast world, <laughs> except that... Uh, one of them is black. You can, you can, uh, is Bruno, is Bruno or Luke the black one in our, um, in our reboot? Bruno is the like dark mouse also. So like he says darker skin or darker fur. He has like dark, dark brown fur instead of like dirty blonde fur. That's true. Yeah, bro. That's I'm true. I'm that Bruno. Also, pl- I'm that- a glutton motherfucker. Ooh. He is though. Bruno, ooh. right? You're claiming Bruno's like the Augustus Gloop. Of witches. By the way, we're talking about the witches this week. <laughs> Welcome to Missing Out, folks. Um, where did we... We didn't even do an intro. We just skated right past it. I mean, it. I was... Yeah, you know, we were getting there. Um, yes, we were talking about the witches. Um, but if you haven't listened to the show before, <laughs> um, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be music, television, movie, spoken word, books, concepts, experiences... We talk about how those things have built us as people. We share them with each other and you, the audience, and hope that it builds you up. One could call us the retrospective that is introspective. One could. I do. As you should, because that's our motherfucking branding, yo. You know, you got to make sure you're sticking real sweet with that branding. This is how we landed sponsors. Tari went in. He kicked open the door. No, no meeting scheduled. He was just like, yo. And then he said exactly that. Oh, yeah. Uh, brands and, and sponsors really love initiative. They respond. You know? They respond to breaking into their office with no notice. They really do. Yes, yeah. they're like usually I'd call security, but I admire your gumption. It's all about getting eyes on you, and what better way to get eyes on you than bursting into somebody's office, uh, unwanted, unannounced, uninvited, and screaming at them? Tip over their chairs. Yep. Jump on the desk, up and down. Make sure you step and poop before you walk in. Totally. And it gets all over their important documents. They'll remember you. Yeah. And I, for the, as a piece de resistance, I slap my dick on the table. Um, just, you that's, know, that's so the they clincher. know. That's your closer every right, time. Right, right, right. That's your ABC. It, it really is. That's your ABC. Always, always be closing. And the D, well, you know what D stands for. <laughs> yes, of course you do. <laughs> Uh, um, so so this week, all right, so this week we're continuing our uh, hashtag witching out October. Yeah. It's October, and I really wanted to watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks, so we're talking about witch stuff all month, kids. Hell yeah. Uh, and this week, uh, Tari, you made a recommendation, and your recommendation was? The Witches, the 1990 Jim Hansen executive produced feature uh, based on the Roald Dahl book. Um, with a different ending um, that Roald Dahl did not like. Um, okay, it so is I starring. Knew, yeah, I knew nothing about any of this, and then when I did very cursory research after watching it, learned nothing about the discrepancy between the film ending and the book ending, but did learn Roald Dahl was pissed. Oh yeah, he was. He like he at some point was like, 
you didn't get my book. Um, but they're <laughs> like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I wrote Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. How dare you? <laughs> That's my Roald Dahl. It was he, good. Was it was really great. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, all of his movies are British. Like he, they're real British. Sure. Like uh, James and the Giant Peach, British. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, British. Um, Big Friendly Giant, British. Oh yeah. Um, one other one. British. Uh, he he wrote the screenplay. Where, trivia wrote the screenplay for uh, "You Only Live Twice," the fifth James Bond film. Oh, starring Sean Connery, British. Although Sean Connery, not British, mm. Scottish. Yeah, and don't all, get, don't get those mess. confused. Tangled web, <laughs> tangled web. Roll the tangled intrigue of Roald Dahl. <laughs> um, so um, who is in this picture, Tari? Um, uh, this film stars Angela Houston. Angelica Houston. Angela Houston. Angela Houston. Angela Hughesburg. Uh, we pronounce it Houston here, <laughs> where I'm from. Um, no, uh, Angelica Houston, uh, Rowan Atkinson, some kid, um, <laughs> some kid. Uh, some a Norwegian grandma, actress, some yeah. puppets, <laughs> some uh, Just, prosthetics. Yeah, bunch of shit. You know, bunch some of British trained folks, rats, um, wigs. Yeah, <laughs> some green uh, smoke. <laughs> Belching effects. Oh man. Um, yeah. So that that's who it's starring. Um, I mean, I could give you a, a, a list, but I don't care to. Um, and the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I I recommended this movie because I uh, I actually really liked it when I was a kid. Like okay. I'd seen it a bunch of times. I think the first time I saw it was in school. Like I saw it in elementary school. They had we used to do these things where. Anytime there was a rainy day, they would pull us into like one of the one of the rooms, and then they would show a movie. Right, I love. This is a pretty standard elementary school thing, isn't it? It's like you could you could be in homeroom, like you were you know you weren't in PE. Yeah, you weren't going outside. Your class didn't get rained out, but it's raining. The teacher doesn't want to work today. They yeah. just want to sit in the back of the room and enjoy the sound of the rain falling. <laughs> Here, watch the witches. Yeah. Um, which, like, retrospectively, uh, which is what we're all about, um, that is, I don't feel like it's a good, like, an appropriate movie to show children. Like, I know it's a PG movie, but it's real messed up. There's like, th- some stuff, yeah, there's some stuff that, I mean, nothing, um, you know, there's nothing necessarily vulgar in a in the sense that I guess I would think to define it. There's nothing, like, certainly nothing um, sexually explicit. I mean, I would say, I mean, she's got a real big nose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but, but it's, there's some, some dark, weird, wait, no, yeah. you do see that boy's, that boy's little, little boy parts at a certain point at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. When he turns, when he, t- spoilers, he's a mouse and then he's not by the end. <laughs> when he stops being a mouse at the end of the movie, it's like Rogue does a uh, director Nicholas Rogue does a like a, a Donner Superman where it's like well there's a kid we can show his wiener because he's a kid <laughs> and there's a shot where like and and it's it's shadowed and it's not the focus of the shot certainly right but it's there where the kid's like leaping out of the enclosure he was in as a mouse that because he turns back into a kid he's now too big for yeah and as he leaps out little boy parts. Yeah, well, it's like the the recent Batman comic where you see his penis, which I haven't read, and and not for nothing, like it's it's less that that's something I feel a particular need to see, and more 
I really do feel an 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 haha an urge. Ooh. I feel an urge. Yeah. Batman's wiener gives me an urge. Nope. Oh. Uh, I do though. Legit. I'm I'm truly inclined to check that book out, if only because I want to see how they do. They bother contextualizing that. I is mean, there a reason his dick is out? The context is that like he was. I think he was. I don't remember specifically. I want to say something to the effect of he was in water and then he like got out of water. Like I, like, it, I like that like Alfred's cleaning and then over his shoulder he just hears, Alfred. He turns, look at it. <laughs> Whatever you say, Master Bruce. Uh, Master, Master Bruce, just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, where is he? What? 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 Do you, I don't. He doesn't have. He doesn't. I don't know. You think he'll tell me? Just. I want him to look at my dick. Where's the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, Sal Maroni's like, I. I didn't think anything about this scenario was going to surprise me further, and yet here we are. <laughs> here we are, Batman. I didn't. Didn't know. Did, yeah. Didn't. Know. I mean, Batman's full of surprise. <laughs> That's his whole shtick. <laughs> Well, I guess um, should we like really quickly just to contextualize the ending? What are we talking? Because if well, you sort haven't, of. I mean, if you haven't seen the witches, right? I imagine that any isolated element we describe is going to be pretty bonkers. I guess so. As so, if if you've seen the witches, it's somehow less bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you, yeah, let's let's kind of do a, a quick recap of like what this story is. I don't know if you want to do it or if you want me to do my own recap version. Do you want me to but kind like, of like okay? Here's yeah. because. There's actually not a ton to it, and at the same time, there is a lot to this. There's a lot going on in this relatively simple premise as it's laid out. So, uh, Luke, this little boy, uh, I guess they're all on holiday, right? And he's with his grandma, and his grandma's telling him stories about witches, and he's super intrigued. His grandma seems to know a thing or two, and he, she ain't telling bedtime stories. It seems like she's telling stories like, yo, kid, I've been through some shit. Yeah. Let me prep you because a war is coming. Um, <laughs> so she's telling him all these bedtime stories and he's he's enraptured by it. At a certain point, um, his parents perish, right? In a in a uh, vehicular incident. Yes. Um, and so he's in the care of his grandmother. And I guess at a certain point, they're going to go on holiday somewhere else, right? Like they're going to go somewhere. They're going to stay at a hotel for a little while. His grandmother has diabetes, which this poor kid has to discover. Like his grandma just slumps in front of him. Yeah. Um. So his grandma is infirmed, which really like the grandma comes out. Spoilers. The grandma comes out of the story. Okay. I think this was just a device that was in place. So it's like, why isn't this grandma out there on the front lines against Angelica Houston? <laughs> diabetes um so she's she's uh resting up after a, a fainting spell uh, but it becomes clear like he right like luke starts to encounter some of these witches yeah and uh you know what fortuitous circumstance be this uh the hotel they pick i guess out of a hat is also the uh the headquarters of a meeting between uh, i forget the acronym but it's basically a, a society uh that exist yeah. in the name of prevention of cruelty to children. But in fact, it's a cover for a big witch convention. And Angelica Houston plays the head of these, this like massive convention style coven of witches. Yeah. And she's basically laying out the way you would like, here's our business seminar and I'm going to lay my pitch out. Here's our, here's our, our next year. Yeah. Here's our next fiscal year. 
And the next fiscal year is I've got a potion that's going to turn kids. They hate kids, by the way. <laughs> Part of the mythology is, oh, good gravy, do witches hate children. Yes. We're going to turn all the children into mice by buying up a bunch of sweet shops. Truly, I mean, truly, these are witches that have gone corporate in a way that I actually thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, we're going to buy up a bunch of sweet shops. And we're going to lace all of these sweets with our formula that I have developed. Only me, Angelica Houston, <laughs> with a nose this size. That's how witches determine rank. I'll have right, you of know. Course. Yes. Um, the, uh, only I can lead you into the future with my specific formula. And I guess their end game is just to turn all of the children with this formula into mice. Now, d- uh, tell me because maybe I missed the the profit step. Because, again, uh, this feels like underpants gnome logic to okay. me. It feels like turn children into mice is step one. Step two is a bunch of question marks, and step three is profit. Unless their only goal here is to turn children into mice so they can stomp on them. In which case, it makes sense. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of effort. Okay. Well, I can contextualize this a bit with some stuff in the book. Um, in that um, they the, the added intention was to have their teachers and their parents kill them like after they become mice like that's the like end goal which was i believe cut to because it was too dark okay um and so like that and also but with their hatred of children i mean of course with their hatred of children essentially it just means that these children become mice and disappear and they're gone but also like it's a way of them not getting caught you know, because most people will just assume that their child vanished without a trace and they have a rat infestation. Sure. But at that point, Which couldn't, is a, you just, couldn't you just kill them? Like at a certain point, like the kids are missing, right? There'd still be an inquiry, an inquiry if there was a rash of uh, uh, child disappearances. The right. same way you'd think there'd be an inquiry anyway if there was a rash of child deaths. And if they hate kids that much, wouldn't you just cut out the middleman as it were? But as you say, too dark. Right. But also, I mean, they go out of their way to specify. Because, like, the one which is like, ah, yes, we poison them. And she's like, no, we don't poison them. We're above that. You want to get caught? <laughs> only magic. Magic only. <laughs> right, but you can't, like, magic poison them? No. Well, I mean, the magic poison is the rat serum. I guess. Or so, all right, so we're buying into, like, because you could kill... I'm thinking Harry Potter rules, I guess, because you can magic someone to death in a number of different ways if we're going by Harry Potter rules. But all right, uh, the witches' rules are a little closer to real world, I suppose. Right. Also, I mean, they are (laughs) exceptionally cruel. Um, they are, and, and yeah. you could argue for sure that that's way more fucked up than just killing them, especially if in the source material, yeah, the objective was no, we turn them into rodents. And their loved ones or familiars kill them. Yeah, that is way darker. Right. To be fair, that is exceptionally darker. <laughs> I mean, and that's like that's their modus operandi. They're like, we want to get rid of these kids so we can like just 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 stop smelling dog poop. That's the- that's right. They really. That's what uh, isn't that how the grandmother describes what children smell like to to, to witches? Witch- yeah. I mean, and look, I get it. For them, it's like if you live in a city. That, like, everywhere you walk, there's dog poop. You're like, we got to clean these cities up. Right. We got to clean it up. We got to get rid of all the dog poop. It just so happens that their dog poop is children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you get it. Yeah. Ooh. Totally. That, that is pretty 
pretty real world stuff. Totally. <laughs> it's pretty. Um, ooh, that hits. That hits close to home. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> that shits. It's like a good. Uh, it's like a good bomb, man. It's topical. Yeah. Um. You know, I really. You. You earlier. You brought up the like ABC always be etc. And I really like that. Be, this... You could have just said closing etc. Is actually more syllables. <laughs> <laughs> well. Because ours was specifically always be closing dick. Oh, there's so, like, a dick involved. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I I do like that. Essentially, these witches were getting a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross speech where it's like, you guys haven't been killing children for enough, <laughs> and I want all the children gone. You're all miserable. <laughs> Who told you that you could work with witches? <laughs> <laughs> They're like you want this gold watch? You want this watch? You go. You get thirty children. Yeah, the a one day. who turns the most children into mice gets this set of steak knives. <laughs> uh, and that lady, you know, and that one lady, she's like, "You want life? Life is for closers." And she eye beams her to death. Oh my god, she does just kill somebody in the meeting. You don't question the Grand High Witch. No, the Grand. Yeah, that's a title. That's a title that I can't not think of the clan when I hear Grand High anything. I mean, yes. I think that there is a very specific line you can draw, especially because uh, Angelica Houston's accent is distinctively German. Very German. Yeah, and her objective is to exterminate a group of people. Which we're literally turning into rodents. Right. To justify Um, our prejudice as such. uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's a very specific line you can draw from, you know, the witches to parties who are unsavory. Not a party I'd like to attend. No. No. Not at all. Unless there's cake. <laughs> Unless there's yeah, cake. Yeah, Ku Klux cake. <laughs> it's cake with a K. <laughs> it's, it's cake with, it's spelled K-A-K-K-E. And somebody's like, cocky? No, cake! <laughs> Yeah, boo, cocky. <laughs> and somebody in the back is like, okay. <laughs> and somebody's like, shut up, Brian. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, Since we brought up Angelica Houston, I really What's- liked... Yeah, can we talk about what she's doing in this movie? She's doing a lot. She's doing so much. There's uh, a lot of acting happening in the Angelica <laughs> Houston corner of this frame. Oh man, I just so um, uh, it's funny before I before I watched yesterday in the nebulous time frame that we record this. Um, I there was Sorry, I was reading. I'm still stuck. On, you wouldn't even know who sang "Shut Up, Brian" because they're all wearing hoods. <laughs> It's always Brian. It's always Brian. (laughs) It's like that scene in Django where they're talking about the hoods. And it's like, my wife made these hoods. And it's just like, (laughs) shut up, Brian. Um, I'm sorry. This is so great. You were saying? (laughs) Um, uh, Angelica Houston. She's doing Um, a lot. Oh, she is. Yes, she was doing a lot. Um, Yes. So when I was watching it, um, or before I started watching it, uh, some of the one of the reviews on Amazon, which is how I watched this uh, the movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, Amazon uh, rent it for only two ninety nine on Amazon.com. Um, 
but uh, essentially, what someone was like, it's like everyone's phoning it in in terms of acting. And I was like, no, son, are you watching the same movie I'm watching? Frankly, like, I don't think a single member of the cast is phoning it in. Oh, hell if no. If anything, I think they're committing so hard, it feels bizarre. <laughs> Especially like all the witches in it, like how they're just so giddy. Yep. Like the moment they see <laughs> Angelica Houston everyone's just like like fawning over her and like everyone's so excited like the right. moment when she's like giving her speech and everyone's like yeah right yeah we're gonna do it right no, say what you will about the level they're playing at but i don't think anyone's phoning it in in this picture <laughs> yeah um and she's she's doing a lot like um, I was reading, uh, not a review. I was, I was, I guess I was just doing research, and they were talking about how uh, Nicholas Rogue is known for doing more like edgy material, more sexy type stuff. Well, he's um the uh, I didn't I knew so little about this movie other than the key art with which is like uh, Angelica Houston in the big kind of flowing purpley cloak thing. Yeah, that's pretty much all I knew about this movie and then I, I saw that Nicholas Rogue directed it. Nicholas Rogue is, is best known to me. I think he's best known to a lot of folks as the guy who made The Man Who Fell to Earth with David Bowie, which okay. is like a very erotic alien story. Right. So yeah, that's very much in line, yeah, with his with his reputation, which is why it was so surprising to me that he made this role doll inspired kids movie with puppets and prosthetics and whatnot. Yeah. I think if everyone else was very surprised as well and i think that like there are a lot of parts of it that were supposed to be a bit darker um not necessarily more sexy but just like a lot darker and a lot scarier um and i th and so i had read that he was going through some of the dailies with his with his son and some of it ended up being too scary for his son and so they wanted to get that pg rating and so like they cut a bit of the dark elements out of it um but as a as a way to like balance it out he had directed angelica houston to be more sexy and like you definitely get it because she's like she spends the whole time doing like sexy eyes at most people um isn't and there some weird is it her there's some weird like uh thrusty stuff happening i think right is it when they turn bruno into a mouse um i mean you mean like he's thrusty or no, like no like i the one of the witches and maybe it was her somebody's doing a spell but there's some weird like thrusty kind of like sexual motion happening mm. nothing hyper pronounced but it's also pretty pronounced oh yeah i mean yeah and she yeah yeah <laughs> some undertones man um but like yeah so so she is playing this really it's interesting to see her as like the human form Angelica Houston versus the like grand high witch version of herself. Cause like when she is in her, her human form, there's something like really like sultry and appeasing about her. But like when she is in her grand high witch version, not just in terms of the, like the prosthetics and how she looks, but also in the way that she talks and the way that she moves are so much more like rough and, and, and like, what's the word? Like, gravelly and, and like grotesque sure. and yeah and like she she like leans and 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 is very like her voice becomes more gruff and it's it's so many different levels of just disgustingness it is really it is cool that she was so on board with with 
being buried under layers and layers of prosthetics for what? 50% of her screen time, maybe? What felt like 50% of her screen time? Yeah. Um, And those are some crazy prosthetics, by the way. Like, the most crazy haggard, like haggish muppety version of a witch you can imagine yeah they caked all of these prosthetics onto her with this like gigantic witch nose and the big eyes and she's still just acting her ass off under all of these prosthetics oh yeah um she i think i had read that she had been super hesitant about it because her last movie also required prosthetics and she was like i don't i don't want it what was her movie before this i don't remember well vamp no uh and so she um you were like, no. So, <laughs> essentially, she, the, you know, she had to kind of be, she she was very professional about it. And she was like, all right, I'll do it because it's part of the vision. And so she essentially, it was five to six hours um, to apply it. That was only five, six hours? Um, that looks like a heck of a lot more than five, six hours worth of makeup. I mean, makeup. it may have been like, I, okay, oh, I think it may have been five or eight hours to apply and then five hours to remove. Um, okay. Eight hours. I, I, I could see, I could, if you told me it was, it was longer than eight, I'd be like, all right, but eight, I could definitely see. Yeah. Um, and she would talk about how hard it was to like use the restroom because essentially the tips of her fingers were the knuckles of the long, uh, fingers that she had as the grand high witch. Yeah. Um, and, but so, but, at the end of the day, like she still talks about it as like one of her greatest uh, or one of her favorite roles to have played. So I think that like she was willing to endure. That's the... cool. Yeah. And it's cool. I love that Angelica Houston is super on board with weird shit. I mean, let us not forget, right? Like as far as just about anybody is concerned, like she's the only Morticia Adams that matters. Yeah. You know, but that was also the year Adams family was the year after the witches. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at her filmography and I'm trying to go like what movie before this was like super prosthetic intensive because I didn't realize I guess I didn't realize like Angelica Houston has credits going back to like I think 69 I'm looking at her Wikipedia which is the <laughs> be all end all of, yeah. of reference material. Back to um, what year? According to Wikipedia, it's like 69. Of yeah. course, her, 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 oh, Jesus. her uh, dad, of course, is legendary director John Houston. Um, so, uh, but it was, it was 69, 76, 81. She did Postman Always Rings Twice. I was, was a supporting part. But then like little parts and like, yeah, Francis Spinal Tap. Then she did Pritzi's Honor, uh, where she wasn't a lead, but she was in it. Um, then, yeah, like the, the Gardens of Stone and the Dead in 87. Handful of Dust in 88, Crimes and Misdemeanors in 89, and then The Witches, The Grifters, Adam's Family. She played herself in The Player, and I guess, wow, I didn't realize it wasn't really until the 90s, I guess, that Angelica Houston was like, Angelica Houston. Right. Yeah, no, she was just like, there, and then this was her breakout role. Everyone was like, look how German and sexy she's being. Look at... Her prosthetic nose. Yeah, that my nose isn't that big. <laughs> I've, I've intimidation. <laughs> yeah, she rolled a twenty on intimidation. It's great. I don't get that reference. It's fine. It's a, uh, yes, yeah, dragons and dungeons. Dune, yeah, dungars. Dungars. Dragons and dungars. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that was that was. I appreciate you vamping that much because I was really trying to figure out. I don't know too much about a handful of these movies that she did before The Witches. I know some of them, certainly, but not all. So I'm not sure which movie it was 
that yeah. would have required all of the prosthetic ice pirates. She was in a movie called Ice Pirates. It was probably that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron uh, Perlman's in Ice Pirates. <laughs> Let's talk about Ice Pirates, a movie neither of us has seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you what I think it's about. Okay, Ice Pirates. It takes place in a world that is all desert except for the very top ice caps. And so the world is starving for water. And so these ice pirates take the ice and they sell the water. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the first plot. Wikipedia, the be all end all of reference material. First sentence of the Wikipedia plot. The film takes place in a distant future where water is so scarce and rationed that it's considered an immensely valuable substance. Yes. Both as a commodity and as a currency in ice cubes. The Templars of Mithra control the water, and they destroy worlds that have natural water, leaving the galaxy virtually dry. Pirates dedicate their lives to raiding ships and looting the ice from the cargo holds to make a living. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's insane! Because <laughs> I, I pulled that out my butt. I, so did they. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, uh, I really wish... So, like, when I was a kid, I don't think I really understood that the grandma and the grand high witch had a history. Okay. Because um, they don't they don't make it hyper explicit, but it's very much there. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, now I kind of want... I wish there would be, like, a prequel where it's it's the grandma doing all her stuff, chasing down the grand high witch, you know? Because, like... That seems real cool, especially because, like, no one believes her about the witches. Like, when it when the movie starts, if you didn't know the movie was called The Witches, then it'd just be like, oh, man, crazy old grandma with her crazy old wives' tales. I it, wonder where this is going. Right. Well, it's it's like how... Hey, look at, at this child cruelty prevention seminar that's <laughs> happening. What an uplifting tale this will... What? Yeah. It, well, it's like in the beginning... I don't know if you've seen Moana, um, but... Okay. I watch films. I mean, but like not everyone watches all Disney movies. I like delightful, heart-soaringly magical musicals as much as the next person. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen Brave. Like, so you you name something. Come now. Um, okay. Uh, uh. It's right. uh, All you got to do is occasionally (laughs) cock your head and drop come now into a conversation (laughs) With without really linking it to any specific thing, yeah, and you'll just you'll make the other person uh, insecure, uncomfortable, and thus you will wield all the power in that moment <laughs> because they won't know what you're judging them for. It's true. I gave away my secrets. Oh no! Now you have to come up with new secrets. That's the secret. <laughs> That's uh, what that whole book is about. <laughs> um, but in Moana, the beginning. You get the tale of the heart of Tafiki from from her grandma, and everyone's like, "Pushaw, grandma, you're crazy! Stop scaring all the kids with the crazy heart of Tafiki stories." And then, um, uh, so it feels like that, like where she's like, "Witches are crazy," and everyone's like, "Oh, grandma, you and your crazy witch tales." But she's like, "No, like I spent my whole life hunting down witches," and I believe. I read in the book that, like, she's a lot more, like, terse. Terse? Yeah, that is a word. She's a lot more terse, and she's a lot more grizzled. I I don't know what to call it. She says, fuck you, kid, a lot. Yeah, a (laughs) lot. It's real great. 
Um, she's she almost kicks become him a witch at least four times. Like he <laughs> cries in the book way more than in the movie. I don't know. I think at one point they allude to him being force fed a rat, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and that rat was Bruno. Yeah, it was Bruno. Uh, um, but yeah, so like, I really wish <laughs> oh we God, could get. And he's eating him, and Bruno the mouse, because they can hear the mice. Yeah, speak, if you're like listening, you can hear the mice speaking English, and the Bruno mouse, as he's eating him, is going no. <laughs> but by this point, his mind is so broken that he does not care, and he keeps <laughs> eating Bruno. He doesn't even hear it. Because yeah, at that point, I'd like to imagine that all of his food is constantly screaming no. That's like, what just... that's what they do with all the kids. <laughs> they just feed him to this one kid. <laughs> Turn him into mice, force this kid to eat them. That is pretty dark. Yep. No wonder they didn't put that in the movie. <laughs> nope. They had to get they had to get rid of it. Gotta keep that PG rating. But at this point, right, PG thirteen existed already, I think. PG thirteen I think was existed for um Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um is which, that... pre- which predates this by a couple of years, I believe. Maybe. Is that the first because uh, I know that PG-13 was created specifically for, like, a Spielberg movie, right? Well, that would... Uh, Temple of Doom is a Spielberg movie. I mean, that's... I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's see. Because, like, I know that this movie was essentially... It was shot and filmed in 89, and then once the original distributor had gone under, it was then sold to WB... Uh, which then shelled it for about a year. So that's why it didn't come out until 1990. But I don't know if uh, PG existed, like when they were filming necessarily, Um, or PG-13 existed when they were filming. At this point, no. At this point, uh, uh, PG-13 would definitely have been a rating. So it's interesting that they couldn't have shot for a PG-13. Because, okay, so the PG-13 rating, it was... Partially because of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I think it was that movie and Gremlins came out at about the same time. And I think they drew a lot of ire like, okay, this is not this is maybe a little bit too much for PG-13, which suggests that uh, young audiences could be totally on board with all of it. Yeah. But you go in and you see like Temple of Doom is far from a movie for young kids. Yeah. They li- they literally pull hearts out of people and drink blood in that movie. Yeah. Um. But plus, kids the, don't like racism. Nah, They're not big fans. Nah, kids are progressive. What year? Kids. What year did those come out? I want to say it was like eighty three, eighty four. Okay, it was. Okay, it was. Uh, Temple of Doom was eighty four. So actually, uh, Red Dawn, which I think was also was also eighty four. Okay, was the first movie that was actually released PG thirteen. Okay, but uh, that means PG thirteen as a rating predates this movie by four years. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that you wouldn't just shoot for the PG-13 at that point. You wouldn't go full G or you wouldn't just shoot for the PG-13 and commit to the material. I mean, because I think it was still specifically made for kids. Like your main protagonist is about nine years old. Right. Um, And so like you don't want to have it be PG-13 and and eliminate your main group that you're shooting. Because like kids bring in that money. You know what I'm saying? PG-13... It brings in less money than than PG just because like parents will be like, yo, I have to go to my I have to go watch this movie with my kid. So you got to guarantee two tickets. Yo, 13 year olds can go by themselves. So maybe you get one ticket. But PG, ooh baby, you get them two tickets. Ooh, bring in that money. 
<laughs> so uh, basically what I'm saying is that uh, it really helps to bring in the money. It also probably it helps to bring in, especially at the time, probably helps to bring in Jim Henson. Right. Yes. Although, although Dark Crystal and The Labyrinth were Henson Productions, and those were pretty, 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 pretty dark. Probably. I've never seen them, so I don't know. Oh, man. Um, really? Yes. No, you don't know. You don't. You're not down with uh, Goblin King, Jareth and whatnot. Yeah. No. Is is that is that David Bowie? It's David Bowie. Okay. You're not he, down. You're not down with the big old big old J, the GK. Uh, I'm like, oh, totally. I'm down with GK. I mean, they don't call him that in the movie. I call him. Yeah, that. you know May because we're super tight. Down with GK. Yeah, you know May. It's one of the songs in the movie. Yeah, you said you hadn't seen it. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm hip to pop culture. I know as recently as like two months ago. That dance magic dance is a song from that movie, which led me down a rabbit hole to realize that a character from Kingdom Hearts is based off of David Bowie. Um, but David Bowie in general, or specifically from Labyrinth? Um, I think it's David Bowie in general, but he makes a reference to David Bowie in Labyrinth. Got um, it. Well, I guess so, to be fair, right? Like david bowie in general could also mean about six different things right uh but there are definitely a number of characters in kingdom hearts who dress like david bowie in labyrinth okay i don't what does he dress like in labyrinth like a character from kingdom hearts oh cool tight (laughs) (laughs) this is just an ouroboros of david (laughs) ouroboe um yep you you got it too it's too cutesy for it to like illicit laughter <laughs> i feel like i sagged in my seat a little bit maybe i mean i feel like you got to get over your hatred of great pun riffic humor you gotta really like embrace how fun and cool puns are i feel like there are people i don't know what it is right like what is the what is the um variable in personality that disposes somebody to really being into puns versus not being super into puns like i can occasionally chuckle at one but it's a groan chuckle yeah and very rarely i just groan but Mm. some people are all about puns and i don't begrudge them that i wish anything brought me that much joy yeah but i I wonder what it what it is i wonder what that variable is i think the line is people who love puns um enjoy fun and get the most out of life and people who don't are dead inside that tracks yeah that's what it is Oh man. Um so I had read about um the, like the intent behind this book was to kind of talk a little not talk a little bit about because this is just there but like kind of um it was inspired by child abduction. So like you and and kind of give a a more whimsical take on like why why children disappear. Just almost uh, right. Like that actually totally tracks, right? Like that's a great way to. I'm trying to think of a better word than than placate because there's definitely a better word than placate. But it's like how do you process something so horrific and dark? Yeah, something that is real. And sometimes even if you're capable of of addressing that, it's a very real horrific thing. 
sometimes just to process it at all, it helps to process it through the prism of something fantastical. Right. Because how else do you begin to wrap your head around something that, that dark? Yeah. So that, that perfectly tracks for me. Like that's a, yeah, it's a really dark uh, basis for whimsical source material, but hell, some of the most whimsical and beloved stories of all time have, have their roots in things equally dark. Yeah. So that makes a ton of sense. And it, honestly, I could see that being very helpful for maybe for him as, as the author. Yeah. Having to try and process something that real and that horrific. How mm-hmm. do you do that? Well, maybe we process it through the prism of something fantastical and it will make it a little bit more, if not solvable, then at least addressable. Yeah. I feel like it's weird, though. Like, I I get that witches are a thing, right? Um, what do you, wait? What do you mean? Like in the context of the story, or in this our world? Like in terms of a con, like as a concept. I understand okay, that a, witches it, are a concept. Yes. Um, but essentially, this story, if you take the story, um, outside of a vacuum, and it's like, all right. Kids, here's what you got to know. Any woman you meet could be a witch. Never trust women because they could all be a witch that's trying to kill you, Um, which I think is weird. Okay, so I didn't. Interesting. I didn't necessarily read it that way, if only because I didn't think I was ever supposed to distrust grandma. Right. And I think I don't think at any point I was supposed to consider that Luke's mom was a witch. Yeah. But she, it's, it's, I didn't read it as every woman is out to get you. I did, though, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, kind of read it as you better look real close at every woman. <laughs> like, yep. you better, because she might be out to get you. Mm-hmm. She may not be, but you better look real close. <laughs> so, like, okay, that's not that much better. <laughs> right. I mean, but, you know, it's a story about witches, and witches historically are female so like yes. I get uh, well they right like you could apply different terminology a lot of like um well i guess it depends on who you ask because I mean, uh, like warlock a lot of people think of like oh that's the male witch but a lot of people who call themselves witches in our world yeah. might take offense because apparently a male witch is a thing right apparently. i mean because or mage mages <laughs> well yeah it depends on what your witch origination is like if you're talking about like specifically from the wiccan religion um, i should have retained more i worked have i talked about maybe i'll talk about this a little bit more uh next week oh yeah uh but i did i lived in salem massachusetts for a while Uh uh-huh and i was around a a whole bunch of people who were very entrenched in the wiccan community and they were all really good people so i'm actually not i don't want to even the stuff that i I just, okay. There's plenty of things that just made me go like, all right, look, you do you. You're not hurting anybody. So, all right. Hey, fuck yeah. Unicorns. Um, I feel like I should remember more about specific terminology given how much time I spent around them. But I don't, I do kind of remember warlock is like, don't call them a war. That's offensive because a warlock is a bad uh, a negative like an e- not evil necessarily yeah but somebody who is using that that magic whether it's like magic magic or like earth magics are using them for negative purposes intentionally yeah i mean and like even if you go to like the harry potter verse which we mentioned earlier like i think it is wizards and witches so yeah well yeah. sure but also a lot of people in that community will get real offended if you're like they'll get real tight about like this isn't this is not harry potter 
That's not how magic works. Right, that's I lasers. Mean, like that's you know what I mean. Like that's not but magic. You don't know. Um, well, because like there's so many different renditions of like what makes a magic person magic. Like right. So like even taking going into like D and D, like um, wizards, wizards for example, com- like so you have three different versions of w- magic users, right? You have wizards, you have warlocks, you have um, uh, sorcerers. And so, like, the distinguishing factor between them is that, like, um, wizards are studied. Like, they, they learn magic by studying. Warlocks um, essentially are born magically attuned. And then sorcerers make a pact with a deity or something to get their magic, for example. So, like, it just it depends on what your, like, history and your, your association with that word is. Like, it feels like witches are born in this universe... Like, you're born a witch, and you're like, cool. Though, with the way that the book ends, there's a implication that, like, being a witch is something that is learned or earned or, like, you have a, uh, you are righted into. Maybe it's like you have to be, this is also kind of a running theme in many of these stories, you have to be part of a specific, one of a certain number of bloodlines, and if you're part of that bloodline, then you can learn the ways of the the witchery, witchery, yeah. And uh, then you can be sort of inducted into a coven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe mm. you do have to be sort of born into a bloodline that quote unquote allows for such a thing. Right, 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 right. Um, I mean, and that kind of makes sense. I wonder. So, like, this is kind of my foray into how the the movie ends. So, like, the way. The, like, big thing that made Roald Dahl dislike the movie was they shot two different endings. They shot one that was just like the book, and then they shot one uh, that ended up in the final version, which is a more happy ending. In the book, um, Luke, who is... He has no name in the book. He's just the first-person narrative, the boy, um, stays as a mouse, and it's... Basically, he says something to the effect of, like, I'm gonna. I'm only gonna live for another nine years. We're gonna start the the um, war against the witches, and then essentially, like, I wouldn't want anyone else to take care of me. There was that most messed up moment in the movie, and I guess it's even more messed up in the book. I guess because that sounds like that's the ending. Yeah. But it kind of fucked me up when the kid Luke is a mouse. They really think Luke's just a mouse forever. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm okay with being a mouse. How long do mice live? Let's go do some things. And, like, he seems so positive about it, and it shattered me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what, um, that's what Roldal wanted you to get out of it. Like, he wanted you to be like, you know, what's so bad about being a mouse? Like, what's so great about being a human? Like, you do what you, do what you can with the life that you have, whether you're a mouse or a person. Um, oh, I know. I totally can get behind that message. It's actually a really salient, kind of empowering point to make still fucked up <laughs> uh, yeah and so that's why he was so angry about them changing it to be more of a it does happy really ending. right if that's what his intention was it's not just a happy ending it's an ending that utterly undercuts what apparently <laughs> his intention was yeah um but i think that like well so they did test screenings um showing both ones and like so jim henson was like look we're gonna film both um you know like i want to respect your vision but like this is what people like the test screenings people liked 
the happy ending a lot more. It was more well-received. Um, and then after Roald Dahl was like, yo, take my name off this. I hate you. I hate it. Don't, don't fucking talk to me about it. And then like Jim Henson wrote him like a personal apology letter and he's like, okay, fine. I'll let you do it. Um, but like, that's what it took because it was so different from his vision. Um, and then they had to basically go back and, um, like lay the groundwork for it. Um, so like, there's a moment when, uh, the, the good witch, um, Mrs. Irvine, um, the assistant to Angelica Houston's character, she is like sitting and eating her food alone in the hotel. And she, um, you hear her say, I didn't want to be one of them anyways. Um, right. But it's ADR'd in. And so it was like the, their way of like planting that seed earlier on. And, and they, okay, so they do sort of plant it early on and it still feels pretty arbitrary. <laughs> I mean, she, she did technically owe her life to, um, I mean, in a way, I guess. She avoided the uh, fate of being destroyed by uh, this plot. So, you know, she owes her life in a way to, to Luke and his grandmother. All right. Uh, okay, then I guess, I guess maybe that's even, uh, maybe this is even worse because then, okay, I can see that tracking, but the execution still made it feel arbitrary. Yeah. I mean, a bit. I mean, because there's no real explanation why, because you, you even see her earlier in the movie and she takes off her, her wig. And so she's definitely like a bad witch. Um I mean, and you can, but you can also understand why she would um, be disgruntled because, like, she's treated like shit by Angelica Houston. Like, like there's that moment when they're entering um, the hotel, uh, like Angelica's room, and Angelica basically like slams the door on her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm still coming in here." Right. Like, um, so she's, you know, she's not treated super well. She didn't really need. She didn't need incentive. She didn't need the incentive of you. Spared me this awful fate. She's just looking for any excuse to get the shit out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the people have interpreted it to, to mean that, like, she turned him back into a human as a redemptive arc. Like, she is redeeming herself. Uh, so she does that. And that's why she becomes a regular, like, good witch. Like, she has normal hands and she has hair. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you spot the difference. I mean, there's that moment when she's like in the car and she like looks at her hands. She's right, like, she's like, <laughs> my hands, they're hands again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no. I can go to the bathroom when we cut. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, no, but like, right. I, I could track that. I could track that because maybe she, okay, she, she didn't need too much more of an excuse to defect as it were and find she owes you could argue she owes a little bit of a life debt to Luke and his grandmother. Fine. Yeah. But like, you know, she's not going to do anything for Bruno. Like when he's like, <laughs> don't forget Bruno. Like she, she waves and she drives off and she's like, I ate Bruno. Bitch. <laughs> like, Bruno's fun. Oh, I remembered. I was reading like book movie differences. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a high implication in the book that Bruno's dad had him drowned by the manager. Um, dark. Wait, like knowing that it was Bruno? Yeah. Like he knew it was his son and he had the manager drown his son as if the son was a rat, yeah. knowing it was his son. Yeah. It's pretty dark. Yeah. 
It's pretty dark. Yeah, they can make a new one. Can we talk about Rowan Atkinson? Speaking of the manager, can we talk about Rowan Atkinson giving like the most subdued, like here's Rowan Atkinson not doing Rowan Atkinson performance, <laughs> but then showing up at the end and just sort of killing everybody, just killing all the witches. Yeah. Like Rowan Atkinson saves the day. He's <laughs> like, he's like the Luke Skywalker of this last Jedi in that he like, refused the call insofar as he refused to not be an asshole for most of the movie. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, he sort of does, he sort of does what, what Luke Skywalker hypothetically suggested, which is he, he walks out with a laser sword and he faces down the entire first order, except instead of a laser sword, it's like some knives and stuff. I and mean, instead of the first order, it's some mice and it doesn't track, but that's a popular movie. So I, let me do this for the algorithm. I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> it's more like him in um, in like New Hope where he like he blows up this Death Star and you don't have to think about how many people he fucking murdered. <laughs> you just like like he comes in and he's like, I can hit this ball. But like Luke Skywalker just murdered millions of people on I this planet size spaceship. But like but like it's not quite this is still darker because because Rowan Atkinson can see like he doesn't know they're all witch people. Yeah. But it's canon in this movie that you can hear the mice scream like people if you're listening. Yeah. So he just either hears them and doesn't care or doesn't even care enough to hear them. Yeah. That's so much. That's like if if it's the same, if A New Hope is the same movie, but as Luke Skywalker's going down that trench, it's like he hears Ben Kenobi like, use the force, Luke. And he's like, what? And he's making the decision to turn off his instrument panel and all of that. Yeah. But intercut with that. You're seeing all of these stormtroopers like sitting down in the hallways, like taking off their helmets and looking at each other because they know it's over. <laughs> and like one of the commanding officers down the hall looks at all of his men and just looks around, sees, hears the alarm, and a tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> it's closer to that. Right. And then, and then, even as it's happening, they're all there's like a group that's radioing Luke, being like, "Don't kill us! My family's please, on board." Please. It was take your daughter to work day. <laughs> there, there are civilians. There are women and children. There are very few soldiers here. <laughs> we know Darth Vader's here, but it's mostly women and children. Yeah, you could because you could imagine that, like. If stormtroopers had families, like, or even just like the, like the, because the grunt people, like, the it's like a military base. Yeah, it's so it's planet size, right? Right. So like they this bring their families, just, they all live there. The, think about it. This isn't just this is this goes so much further than like the clerks' conversation about like independent contractors still working on the second Death Star when it exploded. Yeah, which is fascinating conversation, I suppose, but. That Death Star was completed for all intents and purposes. This is a planet-sized military base. There are military bases that are way smaller than that where whole families settle because that's where all of the jobs for them are. Mm -hmm. That's where a school is, where their kids can still learn. This thing is planet-sized. That thing must have been loaded with families. Yep. But Luke's the hero of the day. <laughs> Good job, Luke. They were bad families. That's why they were he went off to the that planet. Side. That's yeah. why he went off to what is it? Uh, not crate. Uh, Octo. That's why he went off to Octo. I know. I know some things. Yeah. That's why he went off to Octo. He's like, 
I realized I killed those kids, man, and I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm no better than my father. Right, like about a decade later, I was sitting on my porch, sipping on my green milk, and I was like, uh, wait, hang on. <laughs> I burned down my temple, bitch. <laughs> and then he just, he peace. Oh, jeez. Uh, yep. So <laughs> witches, man. <laughs> Yep. Um, well, I think I also read that like this was Rowan Atkinson. This was before Mr. Bean had come out. So like, or Mr. Bean came out the same year. So this was just him as him, like being like, I'm Rowan Atkinson. And then he was Mr. Bean. And then he was Zazu. That's the, those are the only roles he's ever played. Those are the, the, the only ones. But that's interesting because like, this is still post, maybe not in America, I guess, but certainly this is post- Blackadder by a while, right? So in the UK, he he was already Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, um, he wasn't. I guess was not an established, uh, uh, big established figure in this country, I suppose. But this was still post Rowan Atkinson, like doing his thing. In, yeah, in a pretty noteworthy way. Right. Well, yeah, Rowan Atkinson didn't become a big name in America probably until he did. Uh, probably not till like after Lion King. No, right? not or even Bean, then. Everyone was Bean like in Lion King. <laughs> everyone was like. Whatever, sassy bird. Who cares? But rat this, race. I was about to say <laughs> the narcoleptic in rat race suddenly went. This gentleman knows how to fall asleep. Hell yeah! They're like it's a race. It's a race. Oh my god, though that might actually no wait no. But like we're we're like joking, but that might actually be it for a lot of people. Probably. Like I recognized Rowan Atkinson pre rat race. Yeah. But like we're we're pretty much in the age bracket where like yeah, I think I recognized him, but I don't know that I knew. The name Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. I definitely knew his face from from things. But I don't think, yeah. I th- Fuck, I think it was Rat. I mean, you yeah. you feel embarrassed? I feel like I'm supposed to feel embarrassed that it was Rat Race. No. Because, like, I don't even think, I, I think, I didn't realize that Zazu was Rowan Atkinson until, like, 2014. Really? Like, I was listening to um, uh, Can't Wait to Be King, that, that song. Um and then it was like, blah, 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 starring this person, this person, Rowan Atkinson. And I was like, oh, what? that's cool. It's the Beast guy. Smith of Bean. Yeah. That's what that's. I don't say that ever when I hear Rowan Atkinson, but uh-huh. believe you me, I'm thinking it. Of course. Smith of Bean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and hey, let us not forget Johnny English. He got. Two pictures out of that character. Ooh. Johnny, are you familiar with Johnny English? No. Johnny English, I've never seen it. I've seen the trailer, though. Uh-huh. So I feel qualified to discuss this picture in yes, detail. Yes, of course. Uh, I believe the general premise is he's basically doing a variation on, like, the Rowan Atkinson character. Yeah. He's, he's a dude with insane physicality who, like, is so dumb that he's not a person. How is this person alive? Yeah. Um, But he's a secret agent, like a James Bond-type secret agent. And it's like, Johnny English... You remember how he only said we'd 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 only call you if all the other agents were dead? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's that, and now he's gotta he's gotta go on. I don't know if that's how he sounds in the movie. Uh-huh. It's just in my head. Every Rowan Atkinson just sounds like that, even though he doesn't. Yeah, I know what he sounds like, but in my head he sounds like yeah. <laughs> should should we do an episode about Johnny English where we both experience it for the first time? If you think if you're out there and you think we are actually missing out. 
on Johnny English, please. I'm so down. Yeah. I don't know that I'll carve out time otherwise, but if if you tell me to, I we're we're like Britney Spears kids. We are slaves for you. Yes. Um, see this snake around my neck. Ah, uh, yeah. This giant yellow boa constrictor. Ooh, banana boa. Come on the boa. The banana boa. Okay. Um, Sorry, think that's of- toxic. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no. Is it? Maybe. No. Maybe. Um, are we moving on? Yes. I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but are you a star? Uh, I do cry, cry, cry in my lonely heart. <laughs> Uh, um, but something we, just, we took that bit uh, just a hair too far. Nope, I think it's not true. But <laughs> everyone loves it. Um, the speaking of things I missed out on and Rowan Atkinson, I don't think I understood that he was banging that um that uh like what do they call what what do you what do you call people who turn down beds in hotels? Housekeeping. House. Yeah. He was like uh, having sex with that housekeeping lady. Yeah. Like, there's that moment when they come out the closet, and he's like, "You can take the week, the the afternoon off." Ooh, I didn't, I didn't catch any of that. Um, well, it's there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That was when I was a kid. That was when I was getting coffee. That was when, <laughs> that was when five year old Tari J checked out for a I mean, for a I, nice cuppa. I think I just assumed um, that like he was scolding her. He was just being her boss, being like. Yeah, you take the afternoon off. Like it, it's one of those things where when you're writing a scene, sometimes you start in media res. Sure. And so it was just like the end of their whatever conversation they were having. He did this his thing, and then like later when they were talking uh, about being together, I think I was more focused on what's going to happen to Dim Witches and not like sure. Yeah, this is a subplot that doesn't really go anywhere of consequence and really doesn't need to be there. It's just more to establish this is a person who has a life before he shows up at the end and kills all the witches with a big old chopping utensil. Yeah. You know, and that, uh, that, uh, that lady is his sister. Um, you know, keep in keeping with the star Wars. Oh, this is, this is your head cannon. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. So he's still, he's still the Luke Skywalker in your analogy. Yeah, he is. Who's the Han Solo? Bruno? <laughs> um, it's either... Han Solo is out for his reward and Bruno was all about chocolate. That's true. I would say it's either Bruno or it's Bruno's dad. Like that really like dude who has many needs. Like he's roguishly annoying. Like he keeps being like, I need the I need the crest soup as well. Yes, there's a good lad. Yes. There's a good lad. Yes. That's not is not how he sounds. This is this is the British I'm going with though right now. Mm-hmm. I'd like some crest soup. <laughs> that's a good lad. It's not the British that you, you deserve. It's the British. It's, it's the one you're getting, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the British you need. It's the British you deserve. Um, okay. Um, but do you have any last thoughts about the witches before we go? I probably. I mean, there's a lot. There was a lot going on in this picture. I feel like we we hit a good amount of it. I liked. Uh, I liked that there were puppets, man. I'm a big puppet guy. Yeah. I like that there were puppets. I like um I like I like seeing movies where the the hand of the Jim Henson workshop is evident. Yeah. 
but where it, it we're not necessarily telling a, a Jim Henson story. We're not telling a Muppet story. We're not telling a Sesame Street story. Yeah. Speaking of Sesame Street, shout out to Carol Spinney, uh, the original Big Bird, who after I think fifty-ish years just finally retired. Mm. Uh, pour one out for the legend. He's still alive, but pour one out for his tenure as Big Bird. But point point being, um, yeah, I I really love seeing that touch applied to projects that are yes, this is relatively family friendly. But slightly less so if you really just dig slightly deeper, uh, slightly less so than than certain like Sesame Street certainly. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like you know things like uh, like the Dark Crystal, things like Labyrinth, things like like this too. I like seeing that touch applied to stories that get a little bit weirder. Um, yeah. Because no one in the business has ever done that kind of thing, like Jim Henson and and the people that worked with him and came after him. Yeah. Um, Really, I found that so dang charming. Um, all of the performances, I, I really, I didn't, I don't get the phoning it in criticism that you read online because I didn't see anyone phone it in. If anything, I saw people committing so hard it was uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and I get a lot of mileage off of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a really good time watching it. It's, it's very fun. It, it goes by pretty quick. Everybody's super British, so like. Yeah. Get on, just I, I hope you like British folks. Uh huh. Um, I mean, it wasn't any more British than Bedknobs and Broomsticks. No, I actually, I had a moment. Fucking British. I had a moment watching it, being like, "Wow, we're we're like we're there's a theme now. We're it's not only the witch theme. We're actually like uh, doubling down on disadvantaged British children in dangerous <laughs> magical scenarios." <laughs> We will we will shake this formula up next week certainly, but uh, in in the meantime, yeah, I, I had a good time watching this. I'm a little bit surprised that this was so far off my radar. Yeah, given the roster of folks involved, yeah. uh, I'm glad I saw it. I I think yeah, it it may be a little bit too late for me to develop a close relationship with this movie the way I would certainly have. I think if I had internalized it from a young age. Yeah, but I'm definitely glad it's on my radar now because what a what an odd picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I'm really glad I got to revisit it. Like, I, I feel like I will sometimes either reference it or mention it to people and they won't really know about it or they won't know what I'm talking about. And that, like, bums me out. But, like, having revisited, a lot of it holds up so well. Like, the you were talking about Jim Henson's hand being in it. And I, I love, because their, their whole thing is they it's all about practical effects and yep. things of that sort, which hold up so, so, so well. Yes. And, and so much better than, uh, unless we're talking the very, very best digital effects. And we're only talking the last like three years or so. Yeah. Uh, digital effects ain't going to age anywhere near as well, anywhere near as charmingly as even the schlockiest practical effects. Yeah. And there's something very like visceral about, having these practical effects because they, you can feel like you can touch feel it. Like, yeah. It feels tactile. Right. Yeah. Um, so like the transformation sequences were, are shocking and they're, they're grotesque because it, you, you feel like there's an actual person becoming a mouse and it's not just like how they do, like, let's say in um, 
the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the 90s series, where, you know, it just has like an anamorph effect where someone goes from being a, a person, a light forms around them, and, you know, then they're an animal. It's, right. it's very specific, like an ear becomes large the way a mouse's would, or you grow whiskers, or like even the nose growing effect on Angelica Houston's character, where it goes from being this normal thing and you get this close up. And, and we're shooting stages of the development, right? Yeah. So you know that we're doing this makeup on Angelica Houston and then, okay, we're going to get our shots of that. And then we're going to basically then either take that off and do something different or just build on what we already had for another probably couple hours, come back and shoot these shots of the next step of the progression and the transformation. And we're going to do that enough times until we've completed that. But every time another step has been taken, that's hours of additional work just to get that next step of transformation. Yeah. And I get, I get that that's part of why they don't do it that way anymore. But for fuck's sake, you can't, you can't replicate the effect of that, the feel of that for an audience member with a computer. Yeah. We we still can't. Right. It's, it's why uh, people will talk about this uh, when they talk about um, the new Jurassic Park versus the old Jurassic Park where like, they did so many practical effects on the on the original Jurassic Park that like the the dinosaurs feel real. There's like a a, a a component to it that like really makes you feel immersed. Whereas like a lot of the dinosaurs in the newer Jurassic Parks are or the, yes the newer Jurassic Parks because they're plural um, are very CG and you don't really get a feel that they're actually there, which kind of disconnects you from the whole experience. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's something that like, I might, like if I ever have kids, like it's something that I feel like I would show them yeah. after a certain point and I'd have to explain a lot of things. Um, but yeah, <laughs> be like, so, in, so in the book, he drowns his child <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's not in, even in a response to a question they ask, <laughs> just credits roll. You don't even go, what did you think? Yeah. You just turn to him. So in the book, he drowns his child. Just saying. And then go to get a drink or something. <laughs> We're so lucky. Yes. <laughs> you're stars. But tonight you'll cry, cry, cry in your lonely hearts. <laughs> uh, okay. Lex Michael, where can people find you if they want to talk to you more about this sweet, sweet hashtag witching out? Oh, after all this, does anyone want to? Uh, I am all... Uh, I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael. You can find me at Tari J. That's T A U R I J A Y. You can also find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. Um, and if you have a chance, if you love what we're doing, um, please go on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Podbean or uh, iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, um, uh, Overcast, any of those. Leave us a rating. It really helps other people find us. It really helps us know what you like about the podcast so we can keep doing that. Um, And it really just uh, helps us interact with you guys. So if you want to leave us a comment, we'll read it on our Missing Out Monday segment. Uh, So please 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 do that if you have a chance because uh, we love hearing from you guys we really do it means a lot also uh please 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 vote <laughs> yeah yeah do that please 
Uh, Alright guys, we will see you next week when we'll be talking about Hocus Pocus! Little Hucky Pucky! Oh yeah! The Hucks and the Pucks! Hashtag! Witching out! Witching out! He just dabbed so fast, Barry Allen would be like, what was that? Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I figured it out. I wasn't like totally wrong, but I, my phrasing could have been a little bit more accurate. Okay. But that's okay. So we'll chop some of that. Chop, chop something. Chop the last, this, this part. Chop this part. Don't leave this part in. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.